Welcome. We're back, grumpy old white guys. All right. On today's episode, grumpy old white guys, we're going to play a game we created here on the show. It's called What Has Joy Joe Biden called him Joy? What is Joe Biden Ruin Game? Let's get started. The border. Now, when Trump was in office, we had a plan. It's called the Stay in Mexico plan. Seems like a bright idea. Everyone below the southern border can't come across the border. You get processed at a consulate in Mexico. At the same time, we were building a wall. You know Mark Zuckerberg, like the wall you had built in your mansion in Hawaii. Or Steven Spielberg, that big wall around your house in Sarasota. You live on that fancy jetty way with all those other big homes where everyone flies in in helicopters. You guys know about that. Warren Buffett, Nancy Pelosi. Your houses all have walls. I mean, they wrap the freaking fence around the Capitol lately. You had 100 protesters show up today. And what were they protesting? Oh, they were protesting the fact that all the January 6th protesters have been locked in solitary confinement. Now, if everyone remembers last summer in 2020, you know those crazies running around, smashing windows, stealing things out of stores, burning buildings down, shooting at people. And that wasn't violent. The vice president, Kamal Harris, literally during the campaign started a fundraising drive to bail out arsonists. One of these guys actually killed somebody. Can you believe that? That person, Kamal Harris, was the attorney general of the state of California. The attorney general. Those are the people that lock up criminals. They don't bail them out. Does everyone understand how crazy that is? That's pretty crazy. That's crazy. The southern border, there is no border anymore. All points of entry are overwhelmed. Right now, there are 12,000 Haitians living under what they call a bridge. Folks, it's not a bridge. It's an overpass. There's one right down the road here in the town I live in. That's not a... It's an overpass. It's an elevated road on concrete beams. 12,000 of them. That's not sanitary. They literally are dragging cardboard and plastic over the rivers to get back to the encampment. Does anyone understand how crazy this is? You all told us, the MAGA people, the Trumpers, the conservatives, we were told we were racist. We were told our leader was a, was basically a fascist and a maniac and out of control. But we had a border. We had a border. You couldn't run 12,000 people across it in five days. 200,000 are coming across the entire southern border every month. There's nowhere to put these people. They put them on buses. They get off the bus in the city, and there's no one to help them. That's not a plan. Now, typically, people like Biden, Obama, and all the little minions around them, they always pretend to be the smartest people in the room. They don't seem very very smart to me. But these are the people that go to Oxford. They're Rhodes Scholars. They go to Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Cornell. You name it, they've been there. 
Columbia, the best and the brightest, the smartest. Oh, they're so smart. They're so smart. And they never tweet anything mean. Do any of you really think it's nice sticking 12,000 people under an overpass? Is that nice? That doesn't look nice to me. I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to people I didn't like. And that's what they're doing. The border is a complete chaos. We didn't finish sections. They're just running around it. It's like not having a fence next to a house with, bull, with pit bulls. And they just run loose in your backyard because you didn't finish the fence. So that's number one. And literally five days ago, there were 5,000 Haitians. Now there's 12,000. It's out of control. So what does the great president say? We're going to start flying it back. So the police and the National Guard are going to force themselves into the camp and round up two to 300 a day or more and drag them on the buses and throw them on planes and fly them back into Haiti. That's their plan. It seems odd, though. The Haitians are singled out. But all the Hondurans, Guatemalans, Nicaraguans, El Salvadorians, Mexicans, they're all out to stay. The Venezuelans can stay. The Colombians can stay. They always pick the Haitians out. They're flying them back. Why is that? This is the country that was decimated by a horrible earthquake a month ago. Shouldn't these people get a helping hand? Not being forced to live under a bridge? That's the plan? They flew all those Afghanis over. 100,000 of them. They're all at military bases, spreading measles. No, that's, that's an exaggeration. But they don't vaccinate them. They're not vaccinated. We've been there 20 years, and we haven't vaccinated the Afghani population? What the hell were we doing there? We didn't build hospitals? They still have measles over there. What else do they have? Do they have polio? Like, come on. This is ridiculous. And speaking of Afghanistan, let's talk about the withdrawal, because this is the game of what has Joe Biden ruined? Afghanistan withdrawal. I was at work. This is my side gig. I was at work the other day, and a high-ranking member of the organization was so quick to point out to me, oh, I feel so sorry for Joe Biden. I feel so sorry for him. This Trump, he really screwed up Afghanistan. Really? Trump did? Trump screwed up Afghanistan. I said, okay, let me explain to you what really happened here because you seem to be misled by CNN. Trump had an agreement with the Taliban. We would leave by May of this year, prior to the, to, I would call it the hunting season. It's their killing season. They apparently don't fight each other in the winter because it's so freaking cold. Biden canceled that agreement. Trump's agreement was very clear. If the Taliban went into the cities, he would eviscerate them, which meant he would drop so many bombs on them, they wouldn't know what hit them. They understood that. For 18 months, from the time the agreement started until Trump left office, there really wasn't much violence because the Taliban knew what was going to happen to them. They were going to get hit hard. Biden breaks the agreement. And coincidentally, he pushes the withdrawal closer to September 11th. Oh, that wasn't. What are you doing, Joe? Going to get a photo op? Breaks the agreement, and the Taliban begins surging. No one does anything. These morons are literally on the roads. Now, Afghanistan doesn't really have paved highways. We didn't pave all the roads in our 20 years there. It's basically still dirt and rock over there. This is not a, 
a G7 nation. This is the third world. Exception of we did build hospitals. We built an amazing airbase called Bagram, which we surrendered in the middle of the night and didn't even tell the Afghanis we had left. We pull out of the only secure airbase and we move to a municipal airport, a municipal airport that has a, a sewage ditch around it and piles of concrete all around it. And we just sort of wrap the barbed wire over it. Bagram had blast walls, 20-foot walls all the way around it. You couldn't get into Bagram. Completely secure. Air defense systems, everything. And we left it for a municipal airport that was unguarded. And then we made a deal with the Taliban to guard the outer perimeter. Yeah. So I'm not a general. I'm sure General Milley's real smart. I'm sure General Kenzie's smart. I'm sure all these generals are smart. They have to be, right? They're generals. They went to the academies. They've commanded troops in combat. They have tremendous responsibility. You can't be an idiot and be in that position, right? You have to be smart. You have to be smarter than me. I mean, who the heck am I? You have to be the smartest guy, General Milley, General McKenzie. But it seems to me, as just a simpleton, that putting 6,000 troops in a basically a fishbowl surrounded by 100,000 people mixed in with 20,000 killers is probably not the best scenario. It doesn't sound safe. It doesn't sound smart. Now, when I listen to you generals, like General McKenzie, he comes across a little callous. He has to be. He's a general, and he commands Marines. And Marines aren't fuzzy, and they're not bunny rabbits. They're warriors. But just because you're a warrior doesn't mean you're cannon fodder. It doesn't mean that we just suicide our troops just because the situation is dangerous. Part of being a commander, part of being a manager, part of being anyone in authority generals, the lives under you are precious. They're more precious than your planes or your aircraft carriers, your bases or your government housing you get or the private jet you fly around on. Those young men and women from middle America who grow up mostly poor are worth more than all your toys. They're worth more than your future gigs at some Fortune 500 sitting on a board of directors making a quarter million a year. They're more important than your book deals, General Mattis. Somewhere along the line, after watching these 13 young men and women die so brutally, it seemed to me a simpleton that at some point in time, some people in leadership authority have lost touch with reality lost touch with what is important. It reminded me of watching Mogadishu and Somalia in 93. And later it was in a movie and a book I read 12 times. But the same theme was over and over in that book and in that movie. You had people in Washington that didn't give General Garrison what he wanted. He didn't get his C-130s, he didn't get his armor. So subsequently, our young men were put in the meat grinder because things don't always go right. Shit goes wrong. And then there was nothing to do but slug it out and young men die. But you can bet that if the people at the White House and at the Pentagon in 93 
if their kids were on the ground in that shithole, if they had Delta sons out there, if they had Rangers out there, there would have been AC-130s. There would have been armor. You can bet your ass if Millie's son was patting down Afghanis. There would have been blast walls. There would have been adequate protection for our men and women. But their kids weren't there. They don't have skin in the game. Their sons and daughters won't come home in a casket. For all the bitching and moaning about Trump, the vice president's national security advisor, Kellogg, had skin in the game. His kids were over there. He knew damn well the risk every night. His whole family did. And you can bet your ass he gave Pence and Trump an earful every chance he got. That's the difference. Far too often they sit in Washington. They have no skin in the game. It reminds me of a story KT McFarland told about that uh, Bolton character, that little skinny twerp that looks like a wet chicken could kick his ass. And they were talking, as usual, about firing up the troops, Iraq, Afghanistan, one of the countries. And she quipped to him, oh, is your son going to be serving soon in the military? And he scoffed and laughed and said, oh, my God, that's ridiculous, or something of that that nature, that effect. Because people like him, their kids don't serve. My son's a Marine. So when I turn on the news and I see, oh, there's an accident, two are dead, four are dead. Hmm. And then worse and worse and worse and worse. And then I realize they're all Marines. And then you see their pictures. And normally you see Marines that are men die. You see males but all of a sudden, the feeds started showing female Marines getting killed. And then you realized why. Because the protocols in Afghanistan called for female Marines to be right next to the male Marines patting down anyone coming into the airport because the Afghanis don't like it when men talk to their women. The primitive apes. Don't like it when men talk to women. So we had to take our beautiful female Marines and line them up like cannon fodder because of the sensitivities of a bunch of primitive apes. This is the best and brightest. These are the smartest people in the room, folks. This was their master plan. After spending billions of dollars at Bangrub Airface, with blast walls and blast shields, protective barriers. We gave it up and went to some dirt strip and then lined our boys up and our young ladies. Really? Best and brightest? Screwed that one up, Joe. That was my next favorite one. Taxes. The Biden tax plan's coming out, and folks, it's not exactly what they told us it was going to be. Joe Biden promised that anyone, anybody at 400000 or less, which is a lot of America's small businesses, they wouldn't be impacted. That was a lie. You're getting your taxes raised. I'm sorry. 
But you know what didn't get touched, folks? Carried interest. Let me say it this way. Carried interest. Now, almost nobody knows what that is. Your accountants know what it is. The people at Morgan Stanley know. Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan. They know. If you go to a library at a college and you ask the librarian, where's the taxes? Where's the tax code? It's a wall. Hundreds of books. They're all encyclopedias. It's humongous. That's the tax code. That's from tax lawyers and accountants. And buried in those volumes is something called carried interest. If you own a factory and you make Adirondack chairs, those are those cool looking chairs you know you put outside and you lean back on a little bit. And let's say at the you take you have a salary of ninety thousand. You're the owner of the business, and you have a great year, great year. At the end of the year, you have one hundred fifty thousand that you can bonus yourself. Well, you're going to lose eh, high thirties, mid to high thirties, and in federal income tax, plus you're going to get a state in, state tax or whatever it is. 40, you might lose 45% of that money. 45%. Now you take a junior little investment banker at J.P. Morgan. He's uh, been there five years, and he's going to get his $150,000 bonus. He's not paying his 45%. No, 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 no. He's part of carried interest. He's going to pay 10%. I, mean, I, I worked in my business all year. I sold 4,000 Adirondack chairs. I'm losing half my money. Why is that little pecker? Why is that little pecker paying 10%? Oh, well, I'll tell you why that little pecker paid 10%. Because that pecker's boss gave money to senators, congressmen, governors, political action committees, maybe even the president. And they get a special tax carve out. They don't pay the same tax. They're special. You're not. Sorry. And once again, even though everyone's taxes are going to go up, the investment bankers' taxes, they're not going up. Carried interest, once again, off the table. Our taxes will all go up. But the investment bankers, hmm, they're not going to get their taxes raised. They're going to stay at their 10%. That's fair, especially fair since inflation is hitting us all. Thanks, Joe. You pick it. Milk, cheese, steak, gas. It's all going up. Actually, energy policy is the next one, which is no energy policy, which is basically tough shit. We're buying oil from the Saudis again. No pipelines. Basically kill fracking. We'll eventually kill the offshore. Everything's electric. Of course, we don't have enough nuclear reactors to power an electric grid. And no one has built enough solar panel fields to create enough electricity. So where the hell are they going to get the electricity? Now, the Californians are the smartest bunch. They're real smart. They have been lecturing the country and passing laws for decades. And they have rolling blackouts. They pass laws that for electricity usage and not fossil fuel, and they don't have enough capacity. 
these are the smartest people in the room. I have a theory about this. It's not that they're stupid. They're doing it on purpose. They're doing it on purpose. Because they want you to live on less. It's part of the Great Reset. You don't get to do everything you normally want to do. Of course, that doesn't apply to Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. Name the, name the asshole billionaire. There's a bunch of them. Nothing applies to them. They live in their big houses. They fly on their jets. They drive around their armored convoys with their bodyguards loaded up with their MP5s. Nothing applies to them. They get to carry automatic weapons. You don't get to protect yourself because you're not relevant. You don't get to have as much energy as you want, but they live in 30,000 square foot homes. One of many. They fly on private jets. They drive around little electric cars that weigh 500 pounds. They drive around armored SUVs. But they're lecturing you how to live. California is a, is a view into that world where amazing laws are passed, green, green, green New Deal, but never enough energy. But no worries. They'll get around it. They'll just add generators to their houses. Right? They'll put advanced heat pump systems in that pull it out of the ground. You can't afford it because they cost 100 grand. That's nothing to them. To the elites and the wealthy, it won't impact them. It'll impact the little person. That's why, folks, if you live in California, you need to get the hell out. You need to freaking move. This is not debatable anymore. Sell your house to the lefties and freaking move. I don't give a shit if you've been there 30 years. I don't give a shit if you're in a nice little town. You need to get the frick out. It's only going to get worse. Larry Elder's a good guy. And he gives a speech and he says, we've lost the battle, but we're going to win the war. No, you're not, Larry. Not in that state, brother. Pack it up into Nevada. you got a fighting chance there. Take your army and just move them. Taiwan exists because that army fled out of China. They gave up. It was over. They got their ass kicked. They went to Taiwan. They made a nice little place. It's a nice country. Don't stay there. If you're in Cali and you want to be happy again, you want to make yourself happy again, you pick up and you go to Nevada. You go to Arizona. You go to New Mexico. And those millions leave the same way the same way those jerk Californians ruin Colorado. Half a million, million of those morons left years ago, went into Colorado and ruined the freaking state. They're masking up again in a bunch of the counties. You freaking nuts. This. Have you seen a blue mask? We're gonna take. We'll take it apart next next episode. It's like someone glued three three tissues together. It's a joke. And you people with your little cloth mask, which just rip your underwear off and stick it on your face and tape it to your hair. That's not going to help you. Everyone should watch the movie Outbreak. Okay, watch the movie Outbreak. In the beginning of the movie, Dustin Hoffman, right? He's in Africa. Everyone's dead in this village. He thinks it's airborne. He's got his spacesuit on. And in the midst of going through one of the huts, a doctor, an African doctor comes up and says, it's not airborne. They take off their mask. Oh, thank God. Like Ebola. Ebola is not airborne. It's a scary disease if untreated. 
Did you know that if Ebola is caught in the first 48 hours, it's almost 100% survival? The kill percentage goes up to 60% because those people don't get treated for two weeks. That's why they die. Coincidentally, it's kind of like COVID. When COVID's intercepted early, like in India, and I can't even pronounce the the state where they're using ivermectin, the, the horse dewormer. I think it's called Uttar Pradesh or something. There's like 280 million people in this one area of India. It's almost as big as the U.S. And they've been pumping people full of ivermectin for 12 months. 5% of the population in that state is vaccinated. 5%. And there's literally under 100 cases of COVID. They've been loading everyone up on hydroxychloroquine because it's cheap and ivermectin because it's cheap. And it works. You so much as sneeze and they jam 12 milligrams of ivermectin down your throat. Wake up, people. Time to wake up. Time to wake up. Smell the coffee. You know, you all have your phones and you can Google shit all around the world. You don't have to, and I hate even saying it, I Google it or Bing it. I don't care who you search with. Stop listening to the nonsense coming out of the White House or the CDC. Fauci. Fauci, Fauci. 40 years this guy's been in the same government job. He's like a postal worker stuck in a post office. Enough. Open your eyes a little bit. Now, I know, I know COVID's dangerous. I feel real sorry for old people. I feel sorry for old people because we basically told them, go home and take an aspirin and hope for the best. How do you tell people to go home and not treat them with anything? Ivermectin's a WHO essential medicine. Hydroxychloroquine's been around 50 years. They're perfectly safe. <clears throat> if you have nothing else to give people, why would you not give them that? You didn't have anything to give them. Why would you poo-poo it? Don't poo-poo it. Give them something. It's like in the news now, everyone's upset in Florida because Biden is pulling back the monoclonal antibodies. Florida was gobbling them all up. Well, that's a slight to, maybe a slight to the sinus, but it's also a realization, holy shit, this stuff actually works. What are they waiting for? 50, over 50% 50 of all people in Florida getting those treatments have COVID. And guess what? They're freaking vaccinated. Over half the people taking the monoclonal antibodies are vaccinated and still got COVID. And these are old people and they're scared. Joe, they're old like you. They're scared. And you're not doing anything for them. Because if I had the vaccine and I got COVID, I'd be damn upset. You need to give them something. And I know we've, we've gotten off topic here. We should be talking about inflation. But this is important. Merck created ivermectin to treat river blindness and elephantitis. Anyone doesn't know what elephantitis is? Any man, look it up. It's horrible. WHO calls it an essential medicine. In 2015, the creator of it received a Nobel Prize. It's not dangerous. It doesn't make people sick. Is there a, an animal usage for it? Sure. They give it to animals. But it wasn't invented for animals. It was invented for humans. 
Animals get antibiotics, and so do I. Is my antibiotic an animal antibiotic? No. It's ridiculous. This is a narrative by Big Pharma, folks. Big Pharma pays companies like Marathon, Just Capital, that Schmidt piece of crap from the Lincoln Project, you fat slob, you piece of garbage. Be ashamed of yourself. And these pukes in New York at Marathon, shame to yourselves. All the seniors that died in this country, at home, in hospitals. i got news for everyone. Ventilators are bad. They're not good. All you idiots were railing against Trump. There weren't no ventilators. That's because they're freaking killing machines. Every doctor knows in this country, ventilators are not good for you. You slowly die on them, you morons. You gave Andrew Cuomo millions of dollars for writing a book. He killed tens of thousands of seniors. He did nothing for them. It, it, it's like we're all in crazy world. It's like we're in crazy world. We can't get parts. I've got a van sitting at a mechanic shop for eight weeks now waiting for an ABS part from Ford, and they don't know when it's coming. My father tried to go in and get a Suburban. He, has a, he wants to get a new Suburban. They said 18 to 24 months. He's like, what? They're like, we don't need chips for him. We shut the world's economy down, which meant the factories get shut down, which means we can't get parts. I had to wait 12 weeks for screens for apartments. And everyone's screaming at me. I'm like, don't you watch the news? You all agreed to shut the factories down. You all agreed to work out of home. But guess what? You people that work on your computers... You can't make a screen at home on your computer. That ABS part, anti-lock brake system, is made in a factory in the Midwest with hands that run the machines. If you send them all home, they can't make the part. Everything is going up in price because we shut the world down. Because of a disease with a 99.9% survival rate. Hmm. Something weird about that. If you really break it down. You got 600,000 people supposedly died. But a lot of them they never even tested. Isn't that amazing? And most people don't know that the hospitals in last year were getting 77,000 per COVID admission. This year, 50. It behooves them to get a COVID-positive test, doesn't it? They get paid. Hospitals are always looking for money. They treat people all the time who don't have money. They're always begging the government for reimbursement. But all they needed now was a positive test from some virus, and they get paid. We shut the country down for something that, for all intents and purposes, most people survive. Now we all wonder why we have inflation. If you don't, if you constrict your supply, prices go up. If there's an abundance of supply, prices go down. It's supply and demand. It's real basic stuff. Now we're all paying for it. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Nancy. Thanks, Chuck. Good job, guys. And our fuel is going up because there is no energy policy. The policy is 
No oil, no natural gas, nothing. Everything's going to be electric. Well, the Chinese do that. Oh, right, but they build uh, coal-fired plants. We don't want that. that. That makes black smoke. But we don't have enough nuclear reactors. We don't have the solar fields. They all talk about it, but nobody's building them. What are they waiting for? Now, we all love the government spending our money. They want to spend $3.5 trillion. They take in, what, 2 2.4? They're going to run a trillion-dollar deficit in one year. We left $84 billion in equipment. Afghanistan is now, if you rank countries by, uh, well, they rank countries by how many planes they have. They also rank them by helicopters. We left our, uh, our little birds there, which the special forces used. We left Blackhawks there. We left MI-17s or some transport helicopters. Afghanistan now has the fourth largest attack helicopter squadron uh, or portfolio in the world. We're number one, Chinese two, Russians three, Afghanistan four. Now, if that's if that doesn't make people laugh or really just cry, I don't know what will. How ridiculous that is. We left twenty two thousand Humvees armored. We armored them because after the Iraq debacle, we basically moved the Iraqi Humvees. We moved them in Afghanistan. If you remember when the great George Bush was in the office, the IEDs were blowing our troops up in the Humvees. And none of these, uh, well, they're not morons. I was going to say morons, folks. These smart people, smartest in the room, like George Bush, went to Harvard and Yale. They brought the Humvees over, but they weren't armored. So they had to bring armors over, which were, those are welders, folks. And steel, and basically welded steel onto our Humvees so they could absorb the blast of artillery shells, which were converted into bombs. These are the smartest people. They weld this stuff on after our guys are getting blown up. But it goes back to my theory. If George Bush didn't have two daughters but had two sons and they were Marines, do you really think they wouldn't have had armored vehicles? Really? We had to put the 13 on here. We got 13 young Marines. Most of them around the age of 20. A couple beautiful young ladies in there, which we don't normally see. We always see men, young Marine men getting killed. 13 dead. And what's really disturbing is how many Afghanis got killed. 169 blown up. See, when, it, when you get an explosion like that, 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 it's the energy. It hits your body. It just breaks organs, crushes them. Our soldiers stand there in the heat, trying to do their best, trying to do a great thing for those poor people. And thousands of those Afghanis standing in raw sewage. Raw fucking sewage, Joe. Raw sewage, Millie. Raw sewage. That was their last moment, smelling shit. Good plan. Nice job. Oh, here's another one. Joe ruined vaccines. Vaccines have changed the world for the better. Nobody wants polio. I mean, that's just freaking horrible. 
I think it was, and I, I'm half, I'm senile as I get older, but I believe it was when my, my grandfather's younger sisters died of polio. She was very young. It was traumatic. It was horrible. Polio is a very debilitating illness. We eradicated it. Vaccines. We destroyed measles. Vaccines. But mRNA is not a vaccine. It's a different type of theory. Not a traditional vaccine. But when the vaccines were under Trump, it was warp speed. That's a great idea. Wrong choice of words. For, American, for Americans who aren't morons, we don't want to hear that a vaccine has been implemented warp speed. We want to hear that it goes through its safety protocols. I want to know it works, but I also want to know it's safe. I was always very adamant with my kids when they were getting vaccines. In fact, I got in fights with doctors. I was convinced, because I had read it so many times, that there was still thimerosal, which was a preservative, in multi-dose vaccine jars. It's basically mercury. And I wanted single dose, because I knew in single dose it wasn't in there. There's no reason to put it in there. I left the doctor's office one, one day, and Dr. Wayne promised me I'm going to look into it before you come back. Okay. Come back a few weeks later, and he looked at me. He was a great doctor. Great doctor. Distinguished military career, phenomenally intelligent. He said, I got to eat crow today. That shit is still in those multi-doses, and I threw them in the garbage can. And I go in a room, and he's got little singles lined up. And I was like, okay, guys, we got a vaccine. Ooh, they're crying, screaming because they don't want a needle. Who does? But you know what I say to my kids? I had a lot of allergies when I was a kid. I had to get a shot every freaking week for years. I, had, I was allergic to freaking 500 things. They would poke shit in my ass and my back. I'd, I'd be all itching all over my body. Hey, you guys got nothing to whine about. And I'd look at them and say, you want measles? You want polio? Show them a picture. <gasps> Do your shot. Okay, but this isn't the same. They raced this shit to market. Now, maybe it's not a sinister plot just to stick us all with needles and make hundreds of billions of dollars as they're doing. But racing anything like that to market scares some people. Gives me cause for. I'm concerned. Now I have an underlying health issue, which I'm really probably not going to get that vaccine because. What my body does sometimes to vaccines, to myself, is rather unpleasant and is much worse than COVID. But look, my father got the COVID vaccine. He got vertigo from it. It was bad. He took, there's a weird reality that Valium pills will get rid of vertigo for some unknown reason. Doctors don't know why why it does that, but it does. My mother doesn't want the shot. She wears her mask. She's real careful. She just thinks it's weird. My dad has COPD. He's scared. He's had bronchitis way too many times. He is one of those high-risk people. Totally understandable. No different than the flu every year for seniors. Or getting regular bacterial pneumonia. My boss has had pneumonia twice in the last few years. He's in his 90s. Should be scared of that. It's dangerous. But Americans... You're going to tell me you're putting a needle on me? There's the problem. That's a leadership problem, Joe. 
You don't bark at people and tell them I'm going to fire you and you're not going in a restaurant. You act like a freaking grandfather and you talk to people like adults. And you have real discussions with them. And you treat us with respect because we're Americans and we've earned it. No bark orders at us. I don't live in China. I don't live in Cuba. I'm an American. Big fat F on that, buddy. Big fat F. Now getting back to the vaccines. Merck created the Avermectin product. Great product. It's a game changer in the third world. But what Merck is not telling you, and most people don't know, is that in June of this year, I'm fairly certain they signed a procurement deal with the federal government, $1.2 billion, for 1.7 million doses of their new COVID oral drug. That's $700 a dose. $700. The equivalent of ivermectin is Rumor is that on a molecular level, this new drug, which I can't even friggin' pronounce, acts quite similarly to ivermectin. Ivermectin blocks the ability of COVID to replicate. There's 51 studies that say it's so, even though Dr. Fauci and the FDA and the NIH and the CDC We'll say over and over again that there's no no definitive proof, there's no studies, blah, 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 bull. The Indians have been using it in some of their biggest states and provinces, and it works. It works. But it's cheap. It's off patent. Rendering is $700. So is Merck's new product. It's money, folks. I won't slate them for that. If it works, I don't give a crap. I'd rather take one of their damn pills for three days than put that damn vaccine in my body because I don't trust it. But even these drugs are experimental. Things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine have been around for 50 years. Everyone knows they're safe. You really want to put something in your body? It's one thing for someone old to do it. But telling little kids to do it? They're talking about little babies getting this shot. It's been around 12 months. I think you screwed that one up too, Joe. And there's always crime. I mean, this is this shit's real. Chicago's the wild the wild west didn't have this many shootings. You had 80 shootings in a weekend and maybe seven or eight deaths. If these people ever learn to shoot, we're in trouble in Chicago. It'll be out of control. It's already out of control. But don't worry, Mayor Lightfoot's new idea, I think she's going to sue gangs. Well, that'll work. That's a winner. But what are they doing about it? They don't do anything about it. They just don't talk about it. They ignore it. He just walks away from the podium if he doesn't like an answer. If he even knows where he is half the time. Jen Psaki, that clown, I don't know where she came from. I, I understand she's from a wealthy family. But she has no answers. No one does. New York is super violent. And they're worried about giving fines out whether or not you have a COVID vaccine card. No one's doing anything. But these are the people that brought you the 2020 riots. They didn't care then. Do you think they're going to care now? No. They don't care. Now, this drone strike in Afghanistan is so disturbing. 
They literally screw up, get 13 Marines killed, and then there's an imminent strike coming. And then we got it. We got it. That's amazing, guys. You guys are amazing. You knew they were coming, and your over-the-horizon strike hit the car. And it's a white Corolla, and the ISIS guys use white Corollas. Has anyone ever heard that before? ISIS has a run on white Corollas. Secondary explosions. Oh, all the keywords. I mean, they had it all going. Amazing. Except not so much. It's an aid worker, and he wasn't transporting anything flammable except water bottles. And last time I checked, Admiral Kirby, water's not combustible. You actually throw it on something that's on fire. So I'd like to know who gave the green light. Was this like the Obama strike that Obama authorized? Were you all sitting around a war room and said, go get them? Or was this just something a general said, hit it? Or was the CIA in charge? Military contractor. Who ordered the strike on the car? You killed seven freaking kids. Disgraceful. And what's even more disgraceful is the lying that went on for days and days and days. Hey, Kirby, how about resigning in disgrace? Millie, Mackenzie, Austin, any of you? Any? None of you resigned for the 13. You going to resign for the seven kids? Doubtful. Doubtful. Your senile, senile old boss, he's not going to, he doesn't even remember what that happened probably two days ago. And then my favorite is Joe Biden lines up Obama, Bush, and Clinton. And these three clowns are going to welcome all the Afghanis into the country. If everyone remembers, it's Bush and Obama that led the Afghani war. 22,000 dead civilians from drone strikes. 22,000. And as Obama said, well, you know, these terrorists killed a lot more than that. Hmm. So it's okay to kill those seven kids because terrorists killed 13 Marines. Your solution is to murder children. Wow. I wonder, I've never been to Harvard, Neil. I'm wondering if that's what they're teaching there. And it makes perfect sense if we're doing so well in all these foreign engagements. I mean, they're, they're, these people are making these decisions. I guess they teach this, this crap at those schools. Is this what the best and brightest are taught? This is like a social media presidency. We lose 13, so we go out and make a story up that we killed ISIS. No, you didn't. You killed kids. ISIS knows you didn't get them. The Taliban knows you didn't hit them. You murdered seven kids. And last but not least, well, before we get to the last one, restricting care. No ivermectin, no hydroxychloroquine. Just go home. Ride it out, baby. Of course, if you don't have anything stop the replication of the virus cells, by the time people do go to the hospital, it's in their lungs. Oh, and you know why it's in their lungs? Because Dr. Fauci provided funding for gain of function. 
coronaviruses didn't initially attack lungs in humans. They were animal-borne. We funded it. We helped the Chinese alter the virus genetically so that it would enter the lungs and become viral pneumonia. So the same people that helped create this wonderful virus for the world tell old people, just go home. Everything will be fine. It's not bacterial pneumonia. It's viral pneumonia. There's no antibiotic to give them. Once it gets to that point, they're in dire straits. Does no one understand this? Their solution is to put them on ventilators? Well, here's a thought. Most seniors probably have weak hearts. Many of them have heart disease. You have to give you have to sedate people to put them on ventilators. That impacts their hearts. And now, last but not least, we'll talk about the USA reputation. Specifically, an interesting tidbit with respect to Afghanistan is that throughout the world in 60 locations, the United States Green Berets work with indigenous militaries fighting all manner of people, mostly terrorists, you know, people looking to overthrow their respective countries' governments. The Green Berets give their knowledge and their skill set to these soldiers, train them. And one of the things that is a hallmark of their organization is that they instill upon these, these partner nations that we're in it for the long haul, that we're going to stick by you through thick and thin. We'll be here to help. If any of these people have access to the internet, that shit just went out the window. We just threw the Afghani forces under the bus in six months. You know what's amazing about the collapse of Afghanistan? Is that Joe Biden, the man who is ruining so many things, met with Ghani, the head of Afghanistan, five, six months ago. And the leader of Afghanistan told, said repeatedly, we're in trouble. And Joe Biden's response was, you gotta turn the you gotta turn the narrative, man. You gotta change the story. No, Joe, that's not what we gotta do. Where was Millie? Where was Austin? Where were the generals? To say to the president, Mr. President, the Taliban are exposing themselves. We need to hammer them hard. We can still leave, but we need to put the hurt on these people before we leave. The Afghani troops need air support until we leave. We cut off their maintenance. They couldn't even fly their helicopters and planes. We weren't giving them air support. Joe, you did it on purpose. There's no other explanation. You did it on purpose. And you went out the last minute on purpose. Because that's not a plan. The plan is not something else, and then you did this. This was the plan. Rush them out at the last second. All at once. Just get out. Total collapse. 
As a father of a Marine, I just hope the plan is not you scumbags to put our boys back in there when it's an absolute shit show and all hell has broken loose. Because what I'm hearing is that that's what's really going on. And that troops all across the country are gearing up and being told we're going. I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not just to motivate, fire up the troops, keep everyone aggressive and frosty. I really hope this isn't your plan. Because if it is, you're going to get a lot of our men and women killed. Let's hope not. I mean, you've screwed up the border, the withdrawal, created crazy inflation. There's no more energy policy. You left $84 billion in equipment. You've killed 13 Marines and 170 Afghanis. You don't provide palliative care. Crime is surging across the country. Oh, mortgage rates are low. That's a bonus, right? Housing prices keep surging. I wonder why that is. Because it's like 1% to borrow. Your drone strike policy has killed tens of thousands. Our reputation globally is absolutely horrendous. I'm not really sure what else there is. The great thing about this presidency, though, is every night when I read, there's like two or three more things. Whenever I think it's over and it's done, they can't screw up anything else. They always do. There'll be something else. And someone asked me the other day, what the hell is going on here? I said, it's simple. It's amateur hour. It's amateur hour. People think they know what they're doing, but they don't. They knew what they were doing, the Marines wouldn't have gotten killed over there. They knew what they're doing, there'd be an energy policy. There'd be a border policy. Inflation would be under control. We'd be treating people and not waiting until they're literally almost dying. We wouldn't do over-the-horizon strikes. We would have real plans. And we wouldn't mandate vaccines. We would have a multitude of treatments for American citizens. And as the President of the United States, you would give those opportunities to all Americans. And you would respect the wishes of Americans, and you wouldn't divide us and carve us up into sections by our color of our skin or our economics or where we live. But that's not the leader we have. We don't have a leader. We have someone that divides us up into little boxes and pits us against one another. That's who's running the country now. So we've ended another day of we've ended a day of what has Joe Biden screwed up or rather ruined. The great news is we'll be able to play this game in just a few days, unfortunately. Tomorrow, we will play a new game, another game. It's called Take Away Our Rights Game. And as a little tidbit to the game, a little teaser, think about what the CDC did. The CDC said that we're going to stop evictions, and this is why. Because when you evict people out of their homes, they all go to shelters. And if they're in shelters, COVID will spread. I've worked in the real estate industry about 25 years, managing apartment communities. And I have to say that very few people that have ever been evicted that I know of have ever gone into a shelter. 
just not real. Most people go to their apartment buildings, stay with family and friends. There's always an alternate choice. That wasn't real. That was made up. That was a stretch. That was a good stretch. Supreme Court ruled twice it wasn't real and shouldn't be allowed. They just keep doing it. Local courts are still doing it. Because there's no one to put their foot down. It's like something my dad said to me years ago. When the 08 crash came in the financial crisis, my father said, this is it. This is the big one. And I said, no, it's not. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, they're just going to kick the can down the road because that's what they always do. They wrote a book about it, made a movie, too big to fail. That's what they do. There's no come to Jesus moment. There's no one to put their foot down and say, that's it, damn it. They just push it down the road. Same with the CDC. The president should put them in their place, but he's not going to do that. He concurs with their ridiculousness. He permits it. The Supreme Court slaps them down twice, but the president won't do anything about it. The Congress won't do anything about it. It's an abuse of power. But in the absence of anyone enforcing the law, holding the CDC accountable, enforcing the practice of our court system, the abuse of power continues. In our next episode, we've got some really good ones that you're really not going to enjoy. But they may become reality. You never know. We'll see you next time on Grumpy Old White Guys.